This week on the Canadian Tech Podcast, Samsung will let you use FM radio chips in their phones soon. Toronto wants to be smarter. Don't melt down over meltdown. And IBM thinks blockchain is good for marijuana. That's all next and more on the Canadian Tech Podcast. The Canadian Tech Podcast is sponsored by Olio Digital Labs. Olio are the planners, designers, and developers of the apps used by some of Canada's biggest brands. Find out what Olio can do for you at oleodigitallabs.com. And we're also sponsored by CodeShip, continuous integration and delivery software that lets you ship your apps with confidence. Both CodeShip Basic and CodeShip Pro come with a free plan that grants 100 builds per month on limited projects and unlimited users. Visit CodeShip.com today to find out which CodeShip product is right for you. Welcome to the Canadian Tech Podcast, episode 145 for Sunday, January the 14th, 2018. Sponsored by Oleo Digital Labs and CodeShip. My name is Stuart Clark. And my name is Derek, the Crypto Canuck Silva. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about that later. You can't perhaps. see the finger guns, but I'm pointing at the mic. Oh, dear. Crypto I tell you, welcome, welcome, welcome to the future, 2018. <laughs> yes, we've been off the air for, for a little while. Uh, mainly a month. because a whole month, mainly because I have been sick as a sick as a dog with that flu and the holidays too. We were going to take a couple of weeks off for the holidays, but yeah. Then I got very very sick, and I would not wish it on my worst enemy. Um, so yeah, from Boxing Day, we managed to get Christmas in. From Boxing Day on, I even had to wish miss the first two days back at work in the new year. And actually, today and yesterday, I was just. Derek, telling Derek before we went on air is actually I'm almost back to well what normal is for me. I will just say right. normal, just say what normal is for me. Yeah, and the other reason, wah, wah, I was going to go, but it's not really a type no, of moment. No, is we're just kind of not into it right now. <laughs> well, we're, we're kind of busy. We're we're both really busy. We all know that. Um, you were working two jobs for a little while there. Oh God, yes. And uh, I work f- seven or eight. No, that's an exaggeration. But I have several things going on, and um, it's just I don't know. It it, it it seems things are always moving, of course. But there's maybe I'll rant about this later. Yeah, I will rant mm-hmm. about this a little bit later, right towards the okay. end of the show. But they're just. There's no okay other than blockchain technology specifically and the the possibilities there. There's nothing big happening anymore. Um, yeah, you know, like the like truly life changing stuff. Right. We've all right. got computers. Most of us, uh, literally, the majority of us have super you know super computers with touch screens in our pockets now all day mm-hmm. uh, all day with tons of sensors. Um, we can easily all get, well, somewhat easily all get connected, God knows what, in throughout our houses, whether it's light bulbs or switches or thermostats or um, lamps or or whatever that you can literally talk to. And that's fun, but it's just, 
I don't know. It's uh, I'm I'm not feeling the passion the way I was a little well, over two years ago for, and, for and, the weekly and, tech news. Well, and that's the thing. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of other people that do it. Um, some do it very that well. Too. Some not as good. Um, and it's just yeah. And we're we're both people. We both say if it's not something that we feel passionate about, we want to make sure we're always giving 110 percent in quality of the product we're giving to you, our audience. And we're just not. Yeah, we're both. We both got stuff going on, and we're just. We just don't feel feel right now that we're able to do that. So we're going to take a break. Um, we're not saying. Uh, it's the Canadian Tech Podcast is gone permanently. Um, hopefully, we'll come back in some form or, or another. And probably both of us, you'll still hear at some point in the future, us still podcasting uh, with probably with various different things. And there's nothing to say we, we won't come back the odd time for like a one-off um, yeah. special or special or something. We get some special guests in and, and stuff like that. So, but yeah, just, uh, yeah, just at the moment, it's just been very challenging. I'm still... I'm working a full-time job, but I'm, it's a contract and I'm trying to do some other things as well. And just, uh, yeah, just it's, you know, the sickness over Christmas had me completely laid up and that gave me a lot of time to think, which is always scary. Um, so yeah, you know, so Ditto. yeah, make sure I mean, think I was, about it. Yeah. Well, and, and, I, and it was funny. You and I were both kind of thinking the same thing. And, and honestly, I've been thinking about it for, time. for several months now. And yeah, I was exactly. just like, Now's a good time. Now's a good time yep. because somebody else is reaching out and be like, "We'd like to advertise." I'm like, "I'm not taking any new money right now no, when I'm exactly. thinking this way." And so I ran it by you, and yeah. you're like, "Yes, that's fair." So we'll probably see you later this year. Um, I, you know, I might put out my uh, if I go down this route that I'll talk about later. Maybe I'll put the first episode of that thing under here to you know so right. people know about it. Definitely. Uh, maybe we'll come back for Fireside if we get invited to go do that yep. again yep. or a little bit before that so it doesn't look like we're only coming back for that um, or next year we, we, we don't know right now but yep. um, if we do bring it back we'll, we'll try some new things we'll try some more people on a more consistent basis mm-hmm. um, but we'll see what happens Exactly. And as I said, we always, both of us uh, really appreciate uh, the support we've had from the community, uh, from you, the audience. And I also want to reach out and, and thank Derek specifically, because lately Derek's been doing the bulk of the work for the show, whether it's the marketing and stuff like that. Well, I've, been, I've had life challenges, shall we say. So, and Derek, I really appreciate that as well. You're very welcome. This wasn't, uh, wasn't a problem. I was All right. Happy to so, have that. There- there, 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 there you go. Okay, let's get right into yeah. our... In the meantime... Yes. In the meantime, stuff stuff happened. Yeah, it's lots Some of stuff, stuff happened. We're going to try and cram in quite a bit here. So, yeah. quick hits. Yes. Google says it is combining... Uh, I don't think it has combined yet. It is combining Android Pay with Google Wallet. And that's going to be a new unified brand called Google Pay. Google okay. says it'll be easier for users to use the information saved in their Google accounts, which should then speed up the checkout process. So if you've ever paid for groceries, or used Chrome to enter your credit card info, bought an app on Google Play, etc., you've been using that data that Google has about you, mostly that you've entered, of course, because it's credit cards and stuff. So they say uh, over the coming weeks, you'll see Google Pay online, in-store, and across Google products, as well as when you're paying friends, according to the press release. Um, It's already available uh, in Airbnb, Dice, Fandango, Hungry House, and Instacart. None of those products I've actually used. (laughs) Right. 
How many of those are in Canada? Uh, Instacart, Airbnb, depending on which dice this means, dice for sure. Right. Fandango and Hungry House, I'm pretty sure, are U.S. specific. But anyway. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, so it's possible that this will all arrive in Canada soon. They're, using, they're starting in the U.S. because they obviously have a branding problem down there with the two. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so th- expect to see Android Pay and Google Wallet get replaced with Google Pay soon. Of course, bring that in hmm. line with Samsung Pay and Apple Pay and everything else. Dogecoin Pay, pay and all the other things. Um, yes. Uh, according to Samsung, uh, Canadian smartphone users will be able to use the FM chip in their devices soon, thanks to a partnership between Samsung and the Next Radio app. So, to take advantage of that feature, if you have a Samsung smartphone, you go download the Next Radio app, which is in the Google Play Store. Uh, but there's no word yet on what specific devices will feature unlocked FM chips, uh, mm-hmm. although it's possible that the Galaxy S9, which is going to be unveiled next month in Barcelona at Mobile World Congress, uh, right. could feature uh, an unlocked FM chip. So we'll find out soon. Cool. Did you find out what Next Radio can do without... The um, I had a app? quick look. My 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 whole problem oh, without is the of chip. Course, I mean, my whole problem is of of, of of course it wasn't a big interest to me because my iPhone they still won't unlock the unlock the chip. And um, we were talking about some of the new iPhones don't even have the chip. You know, part part of the thing for me is I don't want to use my data plan. Um, so I'm sure I'm sure the app will provide some stuff like that. I didn't really look to be perfectly honest. Yeah, so it's I like a tune-in radio. You can just listen to yeah. local FM stations. But if you have the chip, then you don't need to use data. Exactly. Exactly. So that's and cool. That's, yeah, that's that, that would be kind of nice. But as I said, I still have. I take the bus <clears> to work, and I have more than enough podcasts to keep me busy. Yeah, I actually just unsubscribed from a bunch because I was like, I can't. I, I don't have. I have too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I well, I did my end of the year kind of data purge, and yeah, there was various blogs and RSS feeder got a little purge, and yeah, podcast did, yeah, yep. all those sorts of things. Um, in the meantime, over in Manitoba, the federal government has uh, has doled out eighty three point nine. Oh, sorry, in total, the uh, Manitoba's. Uh, are one hundred twelve communities across Manitoba, including forty eight indigenous communities communities are getting 83.9 million dollars to fund better high-speed internet access or any in high-speed internet access i'm sure in some of these areas the feds are pumping in 43.7 million from the connect to innovate program while the provincial government of manitoba is providing approximately 20 million indigenous services canada which is technically part of the federal government too but different department mm-hmm. that's three and a half million and 16.7 million million is coming from other contributors, according to the media release. Uh, I said also released the companies that will be receiving funding for this, including Clear Sky Communications, Valley Fiber Limited. I think we talked about them a couple months ago on this. Yeah, show. we did. We also covered the fact that you know this is kind of a similar thing. For example, in Ontario, uh, the government helped sponsor six communities. Yeah, way up north. Yes. yes, yes, they did. Uh, Bell MTS is getting some money to do eight of the communities and nine institutions. And then Broadband Communications North is getting some money to do six other communities. So good stuff. Golf yeah, claps. Um, sincere golf claps. Sincere golf claps. <laughs> Not sarcastic ones. No, okay. 
Uh, TD has bought a, a an AI company called Layer 6. We don't know how much they spent. It's not really any of our business anyway. Um, but uh, Layer 6 is a really small company, only 17 employees. Every worker is uh, going to join TD. So nobody's losing their jobs. Um, Layer 6 has done some work with Scotiabank to help develop a personalization engine based on mm-hmm. uh, marketing products to people with the bank's scene loyalty card. So that's the Cineplex scene uh, loyalty card. Um, we don't know specifically what they're going to be doing, but this definitely follows the trend of uh, RBC doing like the Know Me Insights thing, mm-hmm. and uh, which I do see in the app and sometimes actually quite useful or, or at least interesting. Uh, CIBC has done some work here as well. Uh, so obviously TD looking to get into that game and figured let's just do an aqua hire. And yep. Uh, yep. instead of, um, you know, trying to build something, a whole department from scratch. Yep, exactly. Well, uh, you know, and it makes sense with the way the banks are, the banks are looking, they're looking to try and automate some of these things. And of course, cutting costs, in the end, yes, or or finding ways to get you to spend more money on banking products, realistically. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, there's got to be an ROI on this. Yeah. And this follows uh, TD launching some Alexa, sorry, cancel. <laughs> <laughs> TD announcing some Amazon. A word. <laughs> A, Amazon voice services. Uh, banking-related skills when the Amazon Echo suite of products were uh, formally introduced to Canada a few months ago. I thought you changed the name so you wouldn't be so, you know. <laughs> well, and apparently uh, Amazon can can say the trigger word in their commercials right. because they changed the frequency of ah, the audio, okay. so like All I don't right. know, sixteen kilohertz instead of twenty-four or forty-four right. or whatever. So, so you mean you? So, so, so you can't change change the trigger word. Uh, it can be the A word, it can be echo, or it can be computer, which is very oh, Star so Trek like. Yeah, so it's only a couple. Okay, yeah, just curious. That's it. Okay. Well, so, I mean, so I can say okay G word or yeah. hey G word for my yeah. Google Home right. uh, or Google Home Mini, which I'll mention later. Um, right. I can okay. only say okay G word for my phone though. I can't say hey. So that's kind of which which is nice because it, I know if I want to speak to one of the home devices, I say hey. And so my phone doesn't even bother um, <laughs> trying to pick it up, which is kind of nice. All right. Actually, just as a quick aside, apparently uh, the uh, U.S. press secretary was uh, she was using the wrong Twitter account. Uh, she was apparently lambasting uh, Amazon because her kid was able to order some Batman set through the a word just by just by uh saying batman batman over and over right you know and then she was trying to blame amazon where you know there is there is parental controls that yeah one there can are do. yeah you know you don't want your son all of a sudden ordering you know a sports car or something i don't think you could buy sports cars through amazon well, yet. you never know not yet. you never know right not yet you know, no maybe one what, of their marketplace resellers or yeah. something no matter what happens you would be in trouble absolutely yeah. I, it wouldn't get on the it, uh, the the charge wouldn't go through realistically. <laughs> that's my they, that's my safety point. Bank I don't have the room. No, no, I don't oh, have the room on my if, credit card for something like what that if to the, go through. But what if the bank AI went? Oh, oh yeah, god, yeah, he's good yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, TD's new Layer Six built AI does an auto application for you for a line of credit. Like, oh yeah, he can have the car. 
right. All right. Boy. I'm sorry. I've completely. Honestly, though, that's going to happen at some point. I give oh, it yeah, five years. Five yeah, years, and somebody is going to be like, I don't know what happened. I've got this thirty thousand dollar car in my driveway. There's no way I didn't apply for a line of credit. I didn't apply for auto financing, and we find out some rogue AI chatbot just did it for you, <laughs> and now you've got a car that you're on the hook for. Oh dear! All right, all right. Like completely, <clears throat> completely got us off the rails. Back, to, back right. to the main topic here. Hey, the, our good friends the CRTC. Uh, kind of. The Public Interest Advocacy Center has written to the CRTC, urging them to investigate aggressive, inappropriate, and potentially misleading sales practices undertaken by, by Canada's digital services industry. Diabetes. Um, what? 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 Are you telling me that that, that, that sometimes when, when a price goes up by $5 at one, <laughs> it goes up on $5 for all, Derek? Well, Shock no, that's not what this is about. Okay. Although, yes, that does happen. This is about <laughs> um, specifically uh, Bell, in this case, being referenced by John Lawford at PIAC. Um, apparently, Bell specifically tasked sales reps with pressuring customers into making purchases they uh, might yes. not need. I've definitely experienced that. Yes, yes, I've heard of this. Yes, um, right, because what happens is the poor sales flunkies, if they don't make, they make their quota, they get fired. Yeah, you don't. If you don't make Bell Bank, you don't get to take their checks to the bank either. Yeah. Not that anybody yeah. takes takes checks to the bank anymore. But you know, you know, you know what I mean. Yep. You know what I mean. So, uh, I, so I, I hope they investigate. Yeah. So apparently, a lot of these sales practices appear to have targeted vulnerable customers, including older Canadians, grieving spouses. There's a special place in hell for you for doing yep, that. Exactly. And blind customers. There's another special place in hell for that. Um, so yes, uh, the CRTC will uh, take a look at the complaint and, of course, decide. Um, Let's hope decide whether to hold an inquiry and then which of course would be open to the public for comment and input so we'll see what happens you're gonna have to follow it on your own but uh yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens very cool ces a little bit of ces news yeah. honestly there wasn't a whole lot to talk about i think that's no, really noteworthy for a folding tv that might be on the market in three years four years um, everything has either Amazon A Word, Amazon Voice Services, or Google Assistant. Pretty much everything now. <laughs> TVs, yep. speakers, phones, doesn't matter. It's got one or the other, and in most cases, both. Um, mm. And of course, new laptops, new phones, new new every, uh, cars with you know autonomous yep. cars yep. and yep. all that. Uh, Razer always has some sort of thing that they want to get some feedback on before mm -hmm. they decide to actually make the product or mm -hmm. not. This year, it was Project Linda. It's a companion piece of hardware for the recently released Razer phone. So basically, you plug your phone into Project Linda laptop. It becomes your touchpad, which is kind of cool. Yep. And then you uh, get a full Android desktop. Mm -hmm. on the screen so you can call this a lap dock you can call this a command a companion motorola atrix obviously tried this a few years ago samsung has their dex dock right now for mm -hmm. uh, samsung galaxy s7 s8 devices and probably some others um <clears throat> but uh yeah instead of just plugging the phone in and you know it being invisible it literally turns into a functional piece of hardware as it being your um 
touchpad. So right. that's really cool. Um, no guarantee on whether this will actually be built, uh, but there is a USB-C port uh, that you are... It would be a USB-C port to connect your phone. It's almost like Android Auto, but with a laptop. Um, it would give you some additional storage space, extra battery, of course. The Your phone charges while it's docked, so you get that out of it. So this isn't necessarily new, but uh, depending on the size of the hole, uh, or you know the, the mount place for the, fo- for the phone... And uh, and the phone itself, depending on which port. I mean, I could see myself actually getting my Pixel in here, depending right. on the size there. Yeah. Even if it's a little bit smaller, or even if the even if my phone is a little bit too small, well, I could still get it plugged in and use it potentially. Um, but uh, it's interesting. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I guess. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I like this concept because again, <clears> it's you know, it's one less thing. Well, maybe not one less thing you have to carry, but. For some people, that's, you know, like if I'm on the go, I may just need a laptop for, like, note-taking and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, so, yeah, I have to admit, I kind of like, 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 like this concept. So, hopefully, we'll see, we'll see more of it. It also charges, charges the phone. Yeah, well, it's well, it's well, it's plugged into the laptop, which is which is kind of cool as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this, and hopefully, we'll see more of this idea coming. So, of course, a little while ago, we heard about Toronto being awarded the first um, Sidewalk Labs project to turn yes. a part of the, uh, of, um, not the docks, the, you know, the harbor area into yep. a super smart neighborhood. Well, uh, the city of Toronto is also soliciting the public for their bid in the Federal Smart Cities Challenge. Uh, the challenge looks to solicit communities to submit bids based on innovation, big data, and merging technology. Uh, the top finalists here would receive $250,000 to prepare more detailed proposals, and the winning city will pick up $50 million to implement and develop the projects proposed. Two cities with less than 500,000 residents will each get $10 million, and there's a $5 million prize that's reserved for communities with less than 30,000 people. All the funding for the challenge comes from a $300 million federal government investment. Toronto specifically wants residents to fill out a survey to let them know what the biggest challenges are when it comes to finding ways to innovate. The survey asks about things like connectivity, job growth, mobility, affordable housing, and other topics. Um, There are some other examples in the survey, such as, uh, quote, create a single mobile app to connect people and businesses to community services with built-in measurement of response times, user satisfaction, and feedback. So that would obviously be, uh, you know, a way to make things easier and track whether it worked. That's always smart. Exactly. There are other exactly. projects as well, like smart traffic, signal pilots, the city's partnership with Waze, and that sort of thing. Uh, like I said, this comes hot on the heels of the Sidewalk Labs announcement. And basically, the, the rest of the ar- this article here talks about how Toronto is trying to become, allegedly, uh, Canada or the smartest city in North America. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many jokes there, but I'm not going to do any of them. We'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Last, but certainly not least, no uh, Chinese... A bunch of Chinese Bitcoin mining farms may be coming. Uh, I was going to say stateside because that's a common way to say, you know, moving from Europe or, or Asia to the U.S., but that doesn't are coming province side. Um, yeah. 
So uh, the People's Bank of China has actually told local officials to regulate power consumption of miners. Um, the a big part of this is actually that a lot of those mining operations are actually way outside the cities, um, yeah. in in rural areas in China. And um, one reason is because the power is cheaper out there because, of course, mm -hmm. supply is still high no matter what, and demand is much lower. Um, but the People's Bank of China, the PBOC, uh, doesn't really want that to be, be the case anymore. Uh, the the PBOC doesn't have jurisdiction to regulate power consumption, but of course, with everything being basically centrally controlled, they can influence local governments that do have the power to regulate power consumption. And apparently they're concerned that the power drain from Bitcoin farms is actually affecting the quality of their service to citizens in the surrounding areas. So... There are, and I know that there are other companies already looking to do this. Uh, there, there are companies who have been setting up in Alberta and in Quebec because of, not Alberta, Manitoba and Quebec right. because of how inexpensive the power is, thanks mostly to hydroelectricity uh, yeah. and the prevalence of that. Um, but there are uh, companies now like BTC Top, Uh they have actually chosen Canada as a place to open new mining farms. They were attracted here because of low electricity costs, stable government, of course, um, a, a pretty light touch on cryptocurrency regulation, I'm sure, helps. Um, our cold winters, of course, helps because you can use some of that with some with some smart tech to uh, eliminate the or alleviate at least the need for fans and air conditioning in the winter time. Um, and there's no other ones listed here, but I know that there are some other companies. I've actually got an email. I don't think I can talk about it, but I do have a, an email from uh, or about a company. Uh, maybe I can. Nobody said this okay. was. Uh, nobody said this was confidential. There's a company What's the called... worst that happens? Yeah, the worst that happens is they tell me to shut my mouth. Um, yeah. There's a company called Mega Blockchain that's, uh, that is fundraising right now. I think they're just finishing up their a fundraising round. They've raised millions to do the same thing. Open up mining farms in, specifically in Canada. So... Well, and I... It also makes sense in terms of, you know, and the article touches on this, particularly in colder climates, because it's, uh, you know, you, you build your data center in an area that gets a lot of snow over the winter and a lot of cold. Yeah. That helps that helps with, 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 with the heat distribution. Yeah. And there's actually another company who's already set up in Winnipeg um, called Myra right. Group, M-Y-E-R-A. Uh, they have... Uh, a Bitcoin mining or a, a cryptocurrency mining regulation, and they use the excess heat to uh, power a greenhouse <laughs> and a fish farm that, re that and they use a fish farm to regulate the temperature control through awesome. uh, through waste heat. So, yeah, that's that's pretty cool, cool and a smart way to um, mitigate any potential mm -hmm. um, uh, concerns over the uh, right. your power usage. Cool. Like, well, I'm using the heat and you know somewhere else. No worries. There you go. Exactly. And that right. finally does it for the quick, the quick hits. hits. Actually, I've got one little breaking thing in oh. regards. Oh, yep. See, um, on regards to our public advocacy group, 
calling for the CRTC inquiry into Bell, some of Bell's okay. sales practices. Yeah. There's actually a CBC story, which I'm just adding the link now, um, that because um, uh, CBC originally broke the story about some of the Bell the shenanigans at Bell. Right. Um, now, gee, surprise, surprise, there's similar shenanigans at Rogers. Oh, so, so you don't say. Things there. No, I know, imagine. So I'm going to add the link there. I just did. <clears throat> so, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Okay, now that's all the news, the quick hits that's fit to print, talk about whatever. So now we're going to have a word from our good friends live tonight by Derek. I'm all about our good friends at Oleo. From the Crypto Canuck. There you go. I gotta find. I gotta find a sound effect. I've got. I've got a gun sound effect, but it sounds like a gun. Uh, it's not. It's not no, some no. person going pow pow. You need, like, you need like laser beams or yeah pew pew. Yeah. So Olio Digital Labs is one of Canada's most accomplished smaller market agencies, delivering web and mobile apps to businesses across Canada. In this era of persistent connectivity and pervasive mobile devices, it has become more important than ever before for businesses to be everywhere their employees and customers are. That's why Olio provides its clients with the peace of mind only a highly skilled and experienced team can provide. A team that's big enough to support your needs, but flexible enough to work to your constraints. With a client list spanning from the Middlesex London Health Unit and Ellison Travel and Tours, all the way up to College Pro and the Home Depot, the team at Olio has proven itself to be the planners, designers, and builders of the web and mobile apps used by some of Canada's largest brands and smallest. Find out what Olio can do for you by calling 226-785-0420 or visit oleodigitallabs.com to learn more. That's Olio Digital Labs, code that powers every day. And we're very happy to have Olio as a sponsor of the Canadian Tech Podcast. Okay, topics. Your turn. Uh, yeah, my turn. A few things happened over the holidays. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, this one. Um, now, I the the link I have is from the Guardian story from the fourth. A little bit of alarmness there, but yeah, this is this is pretty serious. These are two exploits found initially in Intel chips, but then now it's also affected the odd AMD one. Um, they're basically being called Meltdown and Spectre. Um, you know, a la James Bond, Spectre. Get it. <sighs> I'm just saying, you know, some, yeah, some know. of us of a certain age. I hear you. That. I hear you. Okay. Um, so these are critical vulnerabilities, and these processors go back like 20 years. So mostly Intel on that. Um, now, from what I've read, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's a concern, but also in a lot of cases, you almost need physical access to the machine initially. Um, but this is, you know, again, this is a new attack vector. So people are people are talking about it, and uh, it's worried. Now the problem is, though, some people have been reporting uh, both Intel and Google and everyone who has a processor and browsers and all that have had patches. The problem is some people are experiencing real slowdowns um, with the processors um, when it's uh, when the patch is applied. Um, so yeah, a lot of people aren't aren't too impressed with this. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know again, it just shows you. Uh, you know, and like this is not just like Windows. This is Linux machines. This is like anything running a Intel processor. Um, so well, it's, uh, almost any processor, actually. Yeah, and now it's <laughs> almost any processor. Yeah, the and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a concern. It's, Go ahead. Which one has the variant too? Is that Meltdown or Spectre? I th- oh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I won't be surprised if there's more variants. As they, yeah, I think it's I think it's Spectre variant too. Yeah. Uh, 
AMD and even ARM processors are more yep. um, susceptible to that one specifically rather than Meltdown or a Meltdown I don't think affects AMD or ARM at all that is specifically mm-hmm. Intel I'm pretty sure um, but Spectre does affect pretty much every chip ever um, unless you're on a RISC processor or yeah they're right. a RISC platform not too many not too many people are on those well arm is i think but you know beyond arm chips um they're pretty rare a few and far between uh you know raspberry pi and those sorts of things i I think are are all risk-based but it's it's they're not many i well ibm has their power pc chips too which are which are risk-based so hey so you know that means if you're running an old so yeah, because if you're running an old Mac, that can would you be keep that? No, PC. you keep that AS400, buddy. That's what that means. <laughs> I got my Amiga. I got my Amiga. I'll keep that. I'm, I'm safe. And the rest of us are just going to throw out all of our hardware and buy brand new processors tomorrow. There you go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the exactly. fix. That's no. the fix. Yeah. I wish. I mean, if I had a, I wish I had a really good reason to actually throw out my Intel chips and buy some AMD Ryzen, but I, but I don't. Um, right. If I do anything right now, I'd probably get an SSD and a video card, but. Okay. Um, yeah, no, this this sounded super serious. It's actually not, for the most no. part, because, first of all, you'd have to get infected with malware. Yes. Well, if you get infected with malware, I mean, you're, you're done anyway. So it yeah, doesn't... Problems, it doesn't... Yeah. R- it matters, of course, whether or not the malware can actually start to poke around your CPU and potentially maybe get a password out of there uh, right. or, or something like that. But yeah, because it's, it's basically getting stuff that's in cache. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so you copy something to your clipboard or, or you're typing something, it can be there in the cache. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, you can get malware in your computer that just key logs. And, you know, or goes into uh, your your web browser and pulls out all your saved data and stuff like that. Like, that's that's probably more likely to happen than uh, what is essentially a highly speculative, we think this can be exploited um, situation that doesn't even have, to my knowledge, any proof of concepts out there yet. They're working right. on them, but they yep. don't even exist yet. So... Don't worry about it. Um, uh, unless you're in a very IO-heavy situation like running a database server, which, of course, I mm-hmm. am in with my, with my web servers, you're, not gonna, you're probably not going to see any, any major slowdowns, if any slowdowns. Um, and even if they are, well, if you've got modern hardware like a solid-state drive with 8 or 16 gigs of RAM and a recent processor from the last 3 to 5 years... Realistically, you're not. You're probably not going to notice at all. Right. So, so don't worry about it. Get the patches from your operating system vendor, um, whether it's Android or Apple, or sorry, whether it's Google, Apple, OnePlus, Microsoft, whoever, um, Linux, of course. Well, it's um, the same thing we've we've said. Keep your systems patched. Yeah. Keep up to date with your security. Um, and yeah, you should be fine. And just practice safe computing. Just like Uncle Derek and Uncle Stuart have always said. Yeah. If more people listen to Uncle Derek and Uncle Stuart, I tell you, the world would be a much better place. Moving on, uh, Donald Trump is facing new accusations. Oh, wait, wrong story. Wrong story. <laughs> Whoops, wait a minute. But apparently he had a porn star in his hotel room. Good for him. Another one? Apparently two. <laughs> no, this is the third one now. 
a third one. Okay. <laughs> I better go to my news source, which is Facebook. Oh, wait. This, wait. this is Moving from the Guardian. But anyway, uh, yeah. from, I know where you're headed. <laughs> you're heading to our next story. You like that, how I did that? Um, so, yeah, Facebook. Um, yeah, Facebook's been getting a lot of heat. Um, and uh, CEO Mark, Zuck- Mark, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, sorry, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg has been doing a lot of soul searching. <laughs> and he's, yeah, we kind of screwed up at the election and we let a lot of fake stuff go on. So what they want to do is, which is going to piss off a lot of businesses and stuff like that, they're going to uh, slightly change, do some tweaking to the uh, to your news feed. Um, therefore, Zuckerberg says Facebook users will so soon start to see, quote, more from your friends, family and groups and less public content like posts from businesses, brands, and media. So in some ways, what this is doing is Facebook's got to kind of reinforce the bubble um, that people are comfortable and like. And, you know, my initial thing is I hate to see this, but at the same time, I'm looking on how much people have been manipulated. Um, And, uh, you know, obviously the stock price isn't not doing well, but I think uh, Mark and people like that are realizing that, you know, Heck, we just we really can impact a lot of things and the way the world works. Um, so um, I think this is a good thing, um, and uh, we'll be see what we'll see what happens. I know, like again, it's like anything. If you're a business, and this is what we've said before, if you're a business, you shouldn't be relying hosting your business on a place like Facebook. You need uh-huh. your own. You need your own platform. This is where, like our friends at Olio, can help. Um, you need to have it on your own platform. Consider Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. They're all like embassies, but you got to drive that traffic back to what you can control. Because obviously, as you see, Facebook could all of a sudden say tomorrow, well, we're not going to have, you know, where your business was maybe hitting 3 million people. Now it's only going to hit 100,000. And you can't do a darn thing about it. Uh, What's your opinion on this? As 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 a normal, everyday Facebook user who usually hops on a couple times a week um Mm -hmm. this is fine this is great yep (laughs) it's it's amazing stock price took a hit is six percent whatever who cares big deal yeah uh as somebody who manages um how many facebook pages uh let's see counselor Derek silva ward four olio canadian tech podcast um Cocoville food truck. <laughs> I heard that. Uh, four or five. Right. This sucks, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, this exactly. is terrible. Yeah. From it, the business side, yes. It, now, I've always told people, yeah, you can't, you can't rely on this. Um, you, you can't rely on Twitter. You can't rely on Facebook. You can't rely on Pinterest. You can't rely on anything you don't own. You exactly. don't own Facebook. It doesn't even matter if you own shares in Facebook. You own a tiny sliver of Facebook then. You're, you're not – you have no right, unfortunately, to tell them what to do in this case. Exactly. So, uh, you know, what do you do instead? You build up a really great website and you try to get all those ads to go – you know, to get those people to go back to the website. Bingo. So, you know, like it, like like you said, that that's all you really can do is try is try to bring the traffic back to your website so that you can control the experience, you can control the messaging, and all that. So, I'm surprised that they're doing this, but 
overall, I think it's better for everybody. Yeah. I Well, I think what's happening is they're just they're seeing what's happened both south of the border in the UK and like and they're realizing mm-hmm. that how much people were fed a lot of, you know, shall we say, truth challenged topics. Yeah. Um, um, Indonesia is going through this right now. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of it. And, you know, where do unfortunately now, you know, as I like to say, the kids now, this is where they get their news. Yeah. They don't go to the traditional news thing. And unfortunately, it's not just the kids. It's other people now. And, you know, it's one of those things. People like seeing stuff that's normal to them or like the good old, you know, people talk about the good old days. And unfortunately, if it's being fed to them, you know, now, again, that's part of the thing. You're going to, uh, you know, reinforce some of those some of those bubbles potentially. Um, but at the same time, if it's going to some falsehoods are going to affect an election and someone who's undecided, you know, they need the truth. You know, not one side, not the other, but they need the truth. And uh, we've lost a lot of that through a combination of, you know, the death of traditional journalism, uh, the rise of social media. Um, everyone has a voice. Hell, we have a voice, right? You know, who can who can imagine? Could you imagine some some big radio network giving us a show twenty years ago? We no. get laughed out. I tell you, exactly, exactly. We get sued in no time. Um, but that's the thing. Everyone has a voice. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. So I think that's what's happened. I think Mark's maybe had a, he's had a real, you know, obviously him and his family, he's starting to really think now that, okay, I'm influencing stuff or my, my company is influencing stuff in ways that it shouldn't. Yeah. And we'll leave it at that. So, all right, on to other bugs. Um, another one that makes me want to just facepalm from our friends at Apple, because Apple didn't have a good last quarter when it came to security. Well, the latest one, and again, there's patches, thank goodness already for this, but uh, there's a new bug in Mac High Sierra. Um, so basically, again, it's not as dangerous as people think because you have to have physical access, but you just, how did this get past QA? Um, it basically allows any user running the system in administration as an administrator account to change Apple Store preferences without a password. So for for example, Derek, let's say myself and my wife, we've got a MacBook here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it set to run as administrator for both our accounts. Well, let's say I have it set to run as administrator, or let me give, let me give you a better example. Let's say uh, your son and you, you have a MacBook, and uh, you basically, uh, you have it as administrator, um, but uh, you don't. He, your son doesn't know the password. Well, if he comes across your machine and it's unlocked, he can go in, and he doesn't need to know your password to get into App Store preferences. Um, he can just type any password he wants in. Um, yeah, yeah. So apparently, what it is is yeah. So things like uh, you know, like password settings. And this is something parents use, right? You know, in of app course. purchases and stuff like that. Um, so basically, what you can do is you can test it. And if you click on App Store, if the padlock icon is unlocked, click on it to lock it, and then mm-hmm. click on it again to unlock it. Um, mm-hmm. And you can input any password in the box, and it unlocks it. Oopsie. So there is a patch coming soon. <laughs> but, like, again, QA stuff. Like, this sort of stuff you think would be in the standard, you know, QA thing. I'm not a coder. I just play one on TV, but and I know a few. But you think... You know, they think that would be in kind of the, okay, this is one of the standard QA boxes we need to check off. Right? I think so. You yeah, think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not completely out to lunch there, right? No, no, not at okay. all. And this just, comes, just, just checking. Yeah. And this comes after, what was the last thing High Sierra had a problem with? Oh, something the, similar. 
Oh, another thing They've to do with you didn't actually have to enter the password, or if you, could, yeah. you kept entering in a pa- password, a blank password or whatever, multiple yeah. times, it would let you in to do something. So yeah, yeah. My, my High Sierra has. What did uh, what was the the joke about? Um, Joe Craig Federighi made the marketing people said that the that the name was fully baked. Yeah, yeah I think like some that. of the developers yeah. were pretty baked fully, too. And the QA department, exactly. <laughs> the QA department. Yeah, like you just you know again you just you just wonder what the heck. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 that's the weird thing. It's like how did this happen? And and nobody seems to have a really good answer for it. Right, right, exactly. So, and our next story. This is really. I really find interesting. It's one of those ones I went, why didn't I think about this? Uh, this is a company in Canada, and uh, the founder, she was on mat leave one day, and uh, her son had uh, health issues, but uh, there was no high-quality local data about air quality, so she couldn't figure out what triggered his symptoms. So she decided, because she's an aerospace engineer, she decided to come up, come up with something. So Ambience Data is a company, and they're basically making uh, Internet of Things uh, Air, air quality sensors. Um, and the idea is you can deploy these to provide hyper-local air quality data. And through a partnership with I, IBM, they're uploading that data to the cloud. And that's going to aid in, aid in urban development. So this kind of reminds me when I see this, kind of reminds me of what us weather geeks do. Like I have a weather station and that uploads that data to Weather Underground and they mm-hmm. use that for forecasting and you know research and, and, and record keeping. So this is a really good idea, especially when we look at uh, things like air pollution these days. Um, you know, I'm sure if you put your counselor hat on, local governments could see where this this might be a good idea. And they've got some excellent products on their on their website and stuff like that. So, you know, the idea is they're focusing on forecasting and prediction analysis. Um, so they've got a series of products already with sensors and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's kind of a neat concept. What do you think? I think this is really neat. And, uh, apparently they've, they've seen <laughs> situations where the governments aren't sure if they want the data because yeah. I guess they don't want to know how poorly they're doing, uh, <laughs> you know, tackling climate change and all that. Personally, I, I think you got to know, and you're never going to know whether you're spending money in the right place. We're, we're seeing a lot of cities taking the taking the lead, especially down in the U.S., because the federal government down there doesn't want to. We don't really have that problem up here. People would probably argue, uh, you know, the exact opposite uh, in some cases, which is fine. Um, but you know, how else do you know? Like, you can't just measure smokestacks, and you can't just measure. Um, you know the way the weather over time, which mm-hmm. you know, then turns into climate, uh, is is behaving. You actually got to measure the air quality itself. So, uh, personally, I think the the federal government should be putting one of these in every you know city, you know fifty thousand people and over, or something like that. You know, set set some sort of cutoff so they don't need to blow millions and millions of dollars to get the data. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think it would be really smart for. Even, you know, a place like Middlesex Center, Thames Center, Strathroy Caradoc, smaller municipalities like that, to, to invest the, you know, probably a couple thousand bucks to buy the hardware and then uh, $15 per month uh, service fee for the Blue Jay itself to get the monitoring mm-hmm. dashboard. So yeah. you can see exactly CO2 uh, 
uh, you know, volatile organi- organic compounds, VOCs, yeah. uh, your temperature, your humidity, your air pressure, your pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it reminds me, it's a similar model to, uh, you know, what, what Meraki did for basically mm-hmm. Wi Fi. We put that, uh, we put free Wi Fi to downtown London. They had a similar dashboard model. And the idea was make it as simple as possible, keep the hardware cheap, yeah. um, and, and enable people of all communities of all size to do it. So I think it's a fabulous idea. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I was just checking the most expensive Blue Jay. So that's the one with that, that actually takes all the data from the sensors and, and mm-hmm. reads it. That's 600 bucks US. Your Sparrow is separate. And then you've got their sensor catalog. But, you know, so like I said, for a couple grand, you could probably get the, yeah. all this data. And then you'd actually have, you know, more localized uh, air quality data for, you know, pretty fine grain, particulate matter of between two and a half and ten. So, right, um, right, exactly. So, yeah. and again, like anything else, hardware costs will go down. Um, of course. So, yeah, I think this is a fabulous idea. Okay, moving on to our last story, and this one is all about blockchain. Therefore, it's all about you, Derek. <laughs> so <laughs> BC is looking at a few different ways to, uh, you know, experimenting with blockchain technology. The Ministry of Citizen Services, uh, they've started with a trial around business registration. No, that doesn't sound particularly exciting, but uh, it does solve some issues. So right now... Here, here's the example provided by the, the Times colonist. A BC company could register in BC and then again in other provinces. If the business owners forget to do their annual filings or they change their address without notifying each jurisdiction, the registration could be suspended. Oops. Well, that seems harsh for you know a paperwork-related issue. So instead of having to phone each other jurisdiction and track down the problem, any changes to the shared record would be automatically recorded throughout the blockchain. So you got your business in bc you've got an ontario branch you move the ontario branch or or you know the you move the bc headquarters to saskatchewan or something you only need to make that change once you don't need to you know call ontario you don't need to call bc you don't need to call saskatchewan you just you just do it once uh instead of having to make three or four phone calls or send a bunch of emails right, right. so uh they don't know yet whether the pilot project is a success, but uh, this was an easier way to fix this problem rather than opening up a bunch of APIs and uh, having all the different provinces and, and other jurisdictions connect to them and you know share that data and hopefully it's all good. You just connect to the blockchain instead. Maybe it's a blockchain explorer. I'm not entirely sure how they're doing this, but um, <clears throat> this was an easier way to solve that problem. Uh, yeah. I did mention before the show, I'm like, you could solve this another way. Yes, you can. But but the, uh, Ian Bailey, who's the uh, the guy at the Ministry of Citizen Services, felt that this was an easier way. So, fair enough. Um, IBM has also been pitching to BC that they use blockchain technology. IBM has their uh, Hyperledger open source um, blockchain to... Uh, to track pot marijuana so um you could track where and how the marijuana is sourced sold priced all the way from seed to sale uh throughout the blockchain there's a uh, woman at uh ubc victoria lemieux said that a bunch of ch- challenges still remain but that's mostly because the tech is new 
of course. Um, but it does have the uh, the potential to transform financial institutions and disrupt how governments work. And uh, I think we've we've all seen that. So uh, well, I, <clears throat> I think we all know I'm bullish on blockchain in general. And, uh, and any blockchain does require generally um, a currency of some kind, you know, a token mm-hmm. to ensure that uh, somebody's being compensated for hosting a node and actually processing the transactions with a government. Maybe that's not necessary, but but other you know industry. <laughs> not sure what Sorry. that was for, but that's okay. It was it was it was a pre it was a pre precursor to my joke about you know of course you need a toke and oh jeez no. <sighs> I finally anyway. got the sound effects working in time for the last show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it only took you two years. Yeah, um, exactly. There you go. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> anyway, there there's there are a bunch of ways to actually decentralize this. These these aren't decentralized uh, examples of how right, to do yeah. this. Distributed, sure. Not decentralized. Um, no. And in a decentralized uh, scenario, you would definitely need a token or a coin or what have you to ensure uh, you know, people are participating and, uh, and hosting the nodes and getting compensated for hosting those nodes, yeah. uh, which, is, which is why blockchains and, and some sort of currency really go hand in hand. But uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, this is a centralized use case, but I, I think these are smart use cases. Mm-hmm. Stuart, mm-hmm. you know, it makes sense. It it makes sense. Again, I you're far more into it than I am. But the idea of if it helps, you know, particularly if it helps simplify running a business, the idea about the uh, registration, mm-hmm. I really I really like like that idea. So uh, yeah, and if it uh, if it if it helps keep a monopoly away from things, then I think you can't go wrong. So there we go. Sounds all right, good. that's all the topics. Now we're going to pause for a brief word from our good friends at Codeship. CodeShip is a SaaS-delivered continuous integration and delivery solution that lets you ship your apps with confidence. You can choose between CodeShip Basic and CodeShip Pro. Basic is a simple testing and deployment services with pre-installed CI dependencies that works right out of the box, making the average setup time less than three minutes. Or give CodeShip Pro a try. The Pro version is a fully customizable CI and delivery service with native Docker and support and it is a lot easier to use than Jenkins, Travis, pretty much everything else out there. It makes it really easy to test and deploy your microservices. You can push to any registry. It's also perfect if you want to deploy with Kubernetes, and it comes with a convenient local command line tool that allows you to run your builds locally, helps encrypt your environment variables, and guarantees 100% parity between your development and production environments. Both CodeShip Basic and CodeShip Pro come with a free plan that grants 100 builds per month, unlimited projects, and unlimited users. Open source projects are always free on CodeShip because CodeShip is awesome, and so are open source projects. So visit CodeShip.com today or check out CodeShip.com slash features to find out which CodeShip product is the best fit for you. Just don't ship your pants. (laughs) Ooh, that was good. Just, Just for that. (laughs) there you go thanks kmart there you go excellent all right and of course we do of course wish to thank code chip for their support of the canadian tech podcast all right 
Moving on to stuff we like. Uh, my pick of this week is and I've been doing a lot of work now at University of Western Ontario, so I'm getting back to the science side of things. Um, this is something called Zooniverse. This is kind of similar to SETI, where uh, it's citizen science. Citizen can uh, help contribute to uh, sorting out data and stuff like that. Uh, for science. Um, so several of you may have heard about uh, how, some, how some citizens helped find a new solar system about 40 light years uh, from Earth, which have five planets potentially in the magic and habitable zone. Um, and that was done using uh, data from various space telescopes. And then uh, regular people would analyze that data and look for um, if the light curve went down, which would show if a planet or an object was in front of it. So that's one of the Zooniverse projects, but they have a ton of different ones. They do stuff um, from Galaxy Zoo, identifying galaxies, uh, stuff involving the chimpanzees, transcribing handwritten documents uh, from Shakespeare's contemporaries, um, just, just a ton of things. There's currently 70 projects out there right now um, that are looking for volunteers and they want people to help. Um, like I said, all sorts of things, fossils, wildlife counts. Um, there's actually one I remember seeing about which was talking about they've got a bunch of old weather data um, from Europe. I believe it's in England. And from about 1940 to like 1970 or something, um, basically they've got these in physical logs, but they don't have them electronically. Um, so what they want to do is they want to be able to get these in and enter the data because it helps in prediction. So they've got old whaling logs, mm -hmm. and they've also got, uh, I know, um, old old um, Arctic voyages from the Navy and Coast. And there is another one for weather stations in England. I just can't find it off the top of my head right now. Um, so, yeah, so there's some interesting things. And, again, it's a nice little portable portal where you can, uh, where you can uh, contribute. And uh, it's it's quite good. I've been I've been playing around a little bit with Galaxy Zoo. I've done that for a couple of years and a few other little ones. So just a just a neat little site you can definitely check check out. And if you want to feel like like, like you're uh, you're basically playing a part and mm. helping, um, so that would be a good thing. The one I was thinking about was called Weather Weather Rescue. So it's unearthed forgotten weather records from across Europe. Um, cool. So yeah, so it's kind of neat. So that's uh, zooniverse.org. What have you got, sir? I've got the engine uh, cryptocurrency wallet. What else is new? What so, else is new? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Engine is a company that has a very successful token sale last year. Uh, they're very gaming focused. There's actually a, a company that's already been ex ex in existence for like four or five years. No, longer. Since 2009 in Singapore. And... Um, yeah, so they've got the engine network that's already been running, and so they, you know, have been hit hard with the cryptocurrency platform. So they sold Engine Coin, so there's a bunch of people now holding that, um, and uh, and part of that was the Engine Wallet. So the Engine Wallet actually looks really, really good. Um, I was I was talking to uh, uh, an acquaintance of ours, uh, Corey Birch, about um, you know, like uh, you know. What would you think about um, designing and developing a really, really easy to use um, cryptocurrency wallet? And he's right. like, "Well, you know, like, what would be what would be the the you know the reason?" And so I gave him some some ideas, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I, that's cool. I think that's fair." And he's like, "Well, you know, have you seen Engine Wallet yet?" And I went, "No." 
So I download an engine wallet. I imported. I use the rather rather easy to use uh, import for my Jax wallet, and uh, I gotta say it's it's really nice to look at. I would say it's rather secure. Um, they have a, their whole their own whole wall uh, or keyboard that they've implemented. Um, so it doesn't use the the normal uh, Android or iOS keyboard. Right. Um, so that, in theory, adds a level of security because there's, there's a key logger or something like that. That's probably not infected. You know, their keyboard's not infected. And, uh, you know, it, it looks really, really nice. Um, it's really easy to find token transfers and, and purchases and sales and stuff like that. And um, it has support for a lot of coins. Not every coin that it should support, in my opinion. But okay. definitely a lot of them. Zcash is missing for some reason. Monero is missing. Uh, so stuff like that. So I was kind of hoping it would be like, ooh, this looks like it would solve a lot of my issues around like multiple wallets when I really don't need multiple wallets in a lot of cases. But not quite there. So, um, But it's really, really nice. And, and so if you're looking for a, a pretty secure wallet uh, or you know something to, to try out, um, but you don't necessarily want to abandon your existing wallet... Well, you can import from Bread Wallet, Coinomi, Jax, I'm Token, a bunch of other ones, and um, yeah, you just any basically any other to- uh, wallet that you can get your private key out of or your your right. restore phrase. C and phrase. I see it's I see it's available right now for Android, and an iPhone is coming <clears throat> this quarter, 2018. They, they yeah, see. so I've got the Android version, of course. I sorry, I didn't realize it wasn't ready for iOS yet, but. Uh, yeah, if you've got an Android device, try it out now. If not, uh, wait a couple months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's fine. No, very good. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's Engine Wallet. Very neat. Okay, see, one day Derek's going to become an, a multi-billionaire, and then he'll remember those friends. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll, hand out yeah. a cu- I'll hand out a couple grand here, a couple grand there, because why not? Now, see, you know, you know what needs to have these wallet things? You know how, like, you know, like how you got the rap stars or whatever, or people with the money, they just slide it, you know, like the upward movement? You get money, and you get money. Oh, you making it money. rain? Making it rain. Sorry, yeah. See, I'm not hip. I'm not hip in these things. Yeah, exactly. Thank it you. Up. Yeah, you know what I mean. All right. Yeah, exactly. You see, I'm 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 as still hip as I need to be. Oh shoot. Maybe not. Maybe. Oh, steer it. All right. All what right. have you been up to? What have I been up to? God. <laughs> well, as I said, I was sick for most of the holidays. Uh, we got Christmas in, and then I got sick. Um, you know, it was funny. I was working, as I, people know, I was working two, two jobs over the holidays, so 16-hour days, pretty well all the way through. And I was making sure I got my sleep and everything like that. But I must have got something the last day I worked at the LCBO. I must have caught something. But yeah, not fun at all. So any of the plans between Christmas and New Year's, I think for the first time in a long time, I was in bed by 10 o'clock on New Year's Eve. Um, my wife caught it, so she wasn't happy either. So yeah, so there was that. Um, so all the stuff I had wanted to do over the holidays did not get done. And I'm finally paying a little bit of, little bit of catch up now. So I'm um, also really enjoying the contract position. I'm at the Schulich School of Medicine and Dentistry at the University of Western Ontario, helping out with their help desk. Uh, it's a contract job, but I'm keeping fingers, toes crossed uh, that I want it to turn to a permanent position, which has benefits. That's always good. But I work with a really good good group of people, having fun being able to walk around campus, you know, various buildings and that. So keep an eye on my Twitter feed. I've been throwing up the odd the odd picture. Do you know they have a glass blowing uh, place? 
A Western? I did not know that. They do. It's a guy I found in the physics and astronomy building. He's actually part of the chemistry department, but like okay. they'll do well because they do the custom made, you know, glasswork for the for the chemists, right? Oh, but he also okay. does other, other things. There's actually a video on on YouTube. A uh, French guy. He wasn't there in the studio when I went by, but at some point I'm going to go in and have a chat with him. So it was kind of neat. But yeah, all sorts of really cool things. So. Neat. So that's what's happening there. I'm hoping, as you know, you're talking about podcasting too. I'm hoping to kind of expand on the, at some point, the um, hobby podcast. I build model kits, as some people know, and hopefully I want to start a podcast there. But there's also uh, just, you know, still looking for, if the contract doesn't go through, still looking for more, trying to do some writing, get some training guides out, different things like that. So that's where I am right now. What about you, sir? Uh, so I had a nice holiday season. Uh, I'm enjoying the Google Home Mini and the Chromecast I got for Christmas. Awesome. Those were fun. So I've got both of those set up in the bedroom. Um, and I can do things like control the Chromecast by talking to the Google Home Mini. So that's always fun. And um, yeah, it's been it's been nice. The Chromecast... Of course, nothing's ever 100%, um, but it mm-hmm. works really, really well. It's nice to be able to just, uh, you know, go into the Netflix app on my phone, cast to the TV, and, yep. um, uh, you know, pick a show on Netflix and stuff like that. So that's that's been really nice. Um, <clears throat> Kathleen and I were just at her company's country-themed New Year party on Friday. They don't do a Christmas party. They do a New Year party. And so if you're lucky enough to <laughs> be be Facebook friends with me, um, you would have seen my uh, facial hair, uh, the way I shaved it for, for Friday night. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, what's his name? Sam Elliott, but, you know, younger yep. and not as bushy. Um, <laughs> it looked good. It looked or good. or uh, one person said Lemmy from Motorhead. Yeah, that's I saw that one, and I have to kind of agree. <clears throat> I was. What's that machete movie? Um, I was thinking of that guy. Oh, uh, um, what's his name? Du, 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 du. Yeah, that dude. What's his name? <laughs> Danny Trejo. Oh, da- yeah, maybe. Oh, not. I uh, mine no, was actually no. lower. Yeah, no, no, it's, no, no. But that's no. that's who I thought of. I was like, oh, what about like Danny? He's seventy three. He looks pretty. Yeah, I know. Seventy three. He's pretty badass. He'd kick both our asses. <laughs> yeah, he would. I'm not messing with him. No, anyway, no. that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not a big country, country music fan, but definitely made the. Oh, I made the most of it. I won. I the bull riding competition. I stayed on the mechanical bull <laughs> for twenty nine seconds. It only took me six tries to get to stay on that long, and uh, yeah, Kath, the the COO had previously set a record with twenty four seconds, and I was like, no, he's <laughs> he's an old fart. He he can't yeah. he can't win this. Yeah. And so once but I was a about boy, he's uh, used to riding no, sheep. No, 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 <laughs> no, he's not. Um, oh, it's Kathleen CEO. Sorry, Kathleen COO. Yeah, I no, was not, thinking of, not of your CEO. No, no. <laughs> um, oh, so I was like, no, this can't stand. And so by the time I was like nine or ten drinks in, I was like, let's do it again. It's <laughs> <laughs> normally what happens. Yes. Yeah. So Once on my nine or ten drinks in, on my fourth try, twenty nine seconds. It was great. Well, and, well, the good thing about that is the previous three just bounce when you fall off. So. Oh well, yeah. It was there was um. 
It was like basically like a, like a bouncy yeah. castle. Underneath. No, but I'm saying the booze helps too, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it really got it the helps. hips moving so I could stay on. <laughs> and uh, and I came in second place for the Bloom Token Community Rewards Program. I talked about Bloom a couple times here yeah. on Twitter and even Facebook. And I was really, really active in their uh, their Slack community and Telegram as well. And I was rewarded handsomely with uh, three. I'm going to be re- rewarded handsomely with three thousand U.S. dollars worth of their token. That's uh, awesome. So, assuming that's at the original token sale price, that's going to be worth more like four or five right now, based on or, or wait, uh, well closer to four. Let's see what is okay, it trading so at on IDEX. I don't care what it is. That means you're definitely buying coffee next time. <clears throat> Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not going to keep this all. I can't. Like, there's. Ice I have creams. no reason. Ice creams on Derek so kids. <laughs> <laughs> so it's zero point zero zero one four one four two two ether per Bloom token. Last price on IDEX, which is a relatively new but getting much more popular decentralized exchange, was zero zero point one six. So that's up. Uh, was it one? Uh, 178 or 000178 ether. So either way, uh, at current ether prices, that's uh, I don't know. It's it's literally worth it. What's worth at least three thousand US dollars. I don't yeah, need that much, stuff. so I'm gonna sell some for sure. Yeah, and, and I like uh, you know, and I always liked what Bloom was doing and their their mm-hmm. mandate and their that their mission and that. So good good for you, man. Yeah, they've they've launched the phase one apps, so those are ready. And okay. uh, they've got a bunch of things to vote on right now, so I'm going to be so, checking so, that so, out. So does this mean you're bringing donuts and Dolio on Monday? Mm, not on Monday, mm, no. Monday? No, okay. <laughs> I'm we just I'm had just... cupcakes for somebody's birthday on like that's Thursday. Right. So oh, that's a, that's another great thing at Chulik. One of the staff there, she is an amazing cupcake maker. So we just had a oh, birthday yeah. too, nice. and we have the most amazing cupcakes. I'm not allowed to mention that to my wife; she gets annoyed because I couldn't bring her a cupcake <laughs> home. <laughs> There you go. So, so what else? What 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 about things happening on council? Um, well, there hasn't been any council meetings no. uh, since between the last meeting and now. Uh, I, well, no, there wasn't one on the twentieth, uh, December twentieth. We passed the budget, one point nine nine percent property tax increase. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. It's better than London, and probably better than some other jurisdictions will hit. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we did that, and. Um, uh, what I was going to say next is that I'm thinking of becoming uh, a crypto-focused uh, YouTuber or podcaster. Mm-hmm. So don't ups- don't unsubscribe to Canadian Tech Podcast. No, we'll probably come don't. back at some point in the future. Stay here, and you might get the first episode or two of whatever I decide to do there, if I decide to do something there. Um, I think I'd like to think I could do something unique um, yeah, or, or at least interesting and informative. Um, a lot of, um, um, you know, one-on-one type things, um, mm-hmm. uh, interviews mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, people who are, who are doing their own token sales and starting their own companies, but not yep. like, oh, we want to revolutionize, cas- you know, gambling. Who cares? Like, this is, <laughs> this is not no, important exactly. stuff. Exactly. Uh, you know, re- really game-changing stuff like Bloom, like District Zero X, like Ethland, you know those those ones I've mm-hmm. talked about on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so we'll see. And this is and this is why you've come come up with a possible name, right? The Crypto Canuck, the which apparently so I don't know. .ca is taken. It's not doing anything. Right. .com is taken as well, um, but doesn't seem super active. 
there's a, a there's a store. Um, but yeah, there's there's yeah. So they've got like some one oh ones on. Oh no, this is actually like pretty. <laughs> No, this is like nothing's actually been done yet. It's like, oh, buying cryptocurrency. Here's a little bit about Coinbase, but no link to Coinbase, no link to actually how to, like how to do it. Someone's just sitting on the menu. Yeah, for the most part, uh, a little bit of information about different kinds of wallets, not about actual wallet software or hardware. Um, some terminology, how to how to identify scams. But yeah, you know what? I these days, so. I, I always say now, these days, thanks <clears> to like search engines and stuff like that, you know, the domain name's not as important as it used to be. Yeah. Or having the dot com. So you'll come up with something. Yeah. So I'll come up with something. I really like the Crypto Connect, but even if it ends up being something else, that's fine. And um, yeah, I just, uh, I think there's an opportunity to really do some different stuff. Of course, I'll probably do some things in Portuguese there because that's, that's uh, needed. Um, but I'll, if I do that, I'll clearly identify those so that people know this is not English. <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. you were going to do Crypto Connect or Canucks? Canuck. Okay, there is a fairly lengthy CryptoCanucks.com. Just saying, you can have a look there. Yeah, or CryptoConnect.show we were talking yeah, about. But, yeah, well, what I'm saying is CryptoConnects.com, there's a fairly fleshed out site. Oh, okay. Out. All yeah, right, I will check that out, yeah. So maybe I'll go with something else. So there's something a little bit yeah. more original. We'll see. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> so um, anything else we got to say? Um, peace out, suckas. I don't know. <laughs> peace out. I don't know. We'd, we'd normally say, you know, subscribe and all that. And we still say that. Sure. Um, yeah. Or, you know, yeah. you could still hit us up if you've got speaking opportunities, uh, uh, you know, come meet yeah. and greet As I say, opportunities. We're not, you can still send those to us. We're not putting the shutter up. We're just, no. we're, we're, just, we're just putting the out for a break shutter on. Yeah. Sign out for a yeah. while. So definitely, definitely. But yeah. So uh, as usual, check us out on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Spreaker, Stitcher, PlayerFM, iHeart.com, wherever else you get your podcasts. We have Twitter and Facebook profiles. Uh, you can also send us an email at contact at Canadian Tech Podcast dot CA? CA? Techpodcast.ca, yeah. Or the email address is contact contact at CanadianTechPodcast.com. Dot com, exactly. Or dot CA, dot CA. Dot CA, that's CA. I always get confused. (laughs) Contact at CanadianTechPodcast.ca. Maybe we should take an opportunity to slim down the number of... (laughs) Yeah, we might look look at that uh, as well. Yeah. We'll see. We'll we'll, we'll have a look at that. So, all right. So, for Sunday, January the 14th, 2018, for the Canadian Tech Podcast, my name is Stuart Clark. My name is Derek, the Crypto Canuck, for now, Silva. Thank you, and be well.